Thank you for firing up the Sunrise Church podcast. My name is Steve Garcia, and I am the lead pastor at Sunrise. We are a community of Jesus followers from all walks of life, all colors of skin, and all ages. And I hope this message you hear today inspires you to deepen your connection with Christ. Let's dive in. Well, Christmas brings with it a lot of expectations, doesn't it? Uh, Some of you are expecting to get the Christmas gift that you've always wanted. Some of you are expecting to eat your favorite Christmas treats. There's many parents who are expecting their family to be on their best behavior. There's even a few naive parents of some young children who are expecting to sleep in tomorrow. Uh, Some of you are expecting that this is going to be the best Christmas ever. Some of you are expecting that this is going to be the worst Christmas ever. We've got all kinds of expectations, don't we? Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah, which means the anointed one or the chosen one, the one who comes from heaven to be our king, to defeat all of our enemies, to rule on his throne forever. And Jesus is no stranger to expectations because there's a lot of expectations that people place on him of what the Messiah was supposed to look like. See, what people wanted out of a Messiah was they expected him to come as a warrior, somebody big and strong and intimidating, perhaps maybe someone like this. (laughs) Dwayne The Rock Johnson, somebody like a a, a movie star who's, who's cool and manly and buff. Now that's what a Messiah looks like. Or, or maybe, maybe someone kind of like this. Okay, now we're talking, you know, what better for a Messiah than to be a, a mythical superhero like Thor, who has the power of the gods? Who better than to take on the, the, the Roman Empire than someone like Thor? That's what a Messiah looks like. Or maybe some people p- pictured Messiah to look like this. Maybe like a, a military leader, someone who's gruff and, and unintimidated and who has elite training and somebody who's not afraid of any situation they could put themselves in. That's what a Messiah should look like. But God didn't send a movie star. God didn't send a superhero. God didn't send a military leader. Instead, God sent this. And I just wonder for how many people were expecting Messiah when they saw a baby and thought, really? What a massive letdown. This was a most unexpected turn of events. Now, every year, the internet is filled with videos of kids getting pranked on Christmas morning by their loving parents. And what these parents typically do is they find a gift they know their kid will love, and they take the box and they put inside of it something they know their kids will hate. Here's an example. Check this out. Oh my god, yes! 
Open. Yes. Open Thank the other you. one. No, open it, open it, open that book. I can. Yes, you can. Open the here. book. Open the book. Oh, here. Come on, moms and dads, that's not cool. For some of you, that's like the perfect representation of 2022, right? This is going to be the best year ever. You know, and you open up the gift and the can of beans comes rolling out, you know. But I just wonder for the people of God, if this is how they felt with Messiah. We've been waiting for Messiah to come. We can't wait. And they open up the box and thud, out comes something that no one was expecting. As it turns out though, this is exactly what the people should have been expecting. Because some 700 plus years before Jesus was ever born, a prophet in the Old Testament named Isaiah said these very words, they're found in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For to us a child is born, to us, a son is given. Now, prophets were people who spoke on behalf of God. Remember, people back then didn't have the complete Bible like what you and I have today. It was still being written. And so prophets would speak the word of God to people. And they would often make predictions of things that had not yet occurred. And here we have Isaiah telling us, Messiah is actually going to come to us as a baby boy. And then he went on to describe what this child is going to be all about. He says in verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is what the prophet Isaiah said was going to happen. Messiah is coming exactly this way. And then over 700 years later, God made good on his promise. This is the New Testament Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The birth of Jesus wasn't the birth of some ordinary kid. The angels affirmed, this is the Messiah we've been waiting for. And he appeared to these shepherds who were out in the field and said, you want to go find him? Head to Bethlehem and look for a baby in a manger. Get going, verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about, the, about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
And so the, the shepherds went running off into the night, heading towards Bethlehem. They probably started with some places where animals were kept because that's where you'd find a manger. A manger was just a feeding trough for animals. And eventually they found a little family of Mary and Joseph standing in awe of this little baby in clothes in a manger, exactly where the angels said he would be, exactly how the prophets said it would go. Jesus came exactly the way the prophet said he would. This actually wasn't unexpected, not if you were paying attention. Jesus perfectly fulfilled this prophecy when he came as a baby. But one question still lingers. Why? Why did Jesus have to come as a child? Why couldn't he come as as a fully grown adult? Kind of like how God created the first person, Adam. Why did he have to come as a little baby? Well, aside from fulfilling prophecies, I want to give you just a couple of reasons why Jesus came as a baby that ought to stir in your heart awe of Jesus and, and, and worship him in a new, fresh way this Christmas season. So here's the first reason why Jesus came as a baby. Number one, to teach us how to relate Jesus can relate with us in every way. Jesus can relate with children. He knows what it's like to have been four years old. Jesus can relate with adolescents. He went through puberty. Jesus can relate with teenagers. Jesus can relate with people who have experienced loss. Jesus can relate with people who have experienced betrayal. Jesus can relate with people who have experienced temptation because not only is Jesus fully God, but he's also fully human relating to us in every way. I love how the writer of the New Testament book of Hebrews describes him. He says in verse 4, verse 15 of Hebrews 4, Jesus understands our weakness for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. You know, if Jesus came to us as a fully grown adult man, people could, people could say, okay, wow, that's pretty amazing that you've lived a sinful or you've lived a sinless life, but the only reason you were able to do that is because you never had to grow up in a family with siblings who picked on you. Actually, he did. Jesus grew up in a family, and his own brothers tried to have him killed. And, and if Jesus came as a fully grown adult male, people could say, yeah, yeah, the only reason you were able to live a sinless life is you never had to endure through the middle school years. Actually, Jesus did. Some of you may say, well, well Jesus died when he was in his 30s. He never experienced what it means to grow old. Well, what happens when you grow old? Your body starts to break down. Can anyone relate with a broken body better than Jesus? who died the most brutal form of death on a cross in crucifixion. Jesus can relate to us in every way. You know, I remember a number of years ago when Oprah Winfrey still had her daily talk show. And I remember she did a whole entire episode about going to Costco. And so camera crews followed Oprah into Costco, you know, pushing her cart around and gushing over the size of the toilet paper rolls. But what Oprah was trying to do was to relate with common folk like you and me. See, I go to Costco too. But none of us were fooled into believing that Oprah ever went back to Costco. 
Because Oprah is not a millionaire with an M. She is a billionaire with a B. Billionaires don't need to be going to Costco. Oprah doesn't need discount gasoline. Oprah doesn't need free samples. When you get to Oprah's level, you have people who do that stuff for you. She was trying to relate with us, but it just kind of fell flat. Jesus, on the other hand, can relate with us on every human level. He left heaven and stepped into humanity. We have a Savior who was born into a family. We have a Savior who danced at weddings and dined with sinners. We have a Savior who experienced mockery and abuse and being lied about. We have a Savior who laughed and one who cried. We have a Savior who was born and we have a Savior who died. And we have a Savior who rose back to life and ascended into heaven and is waiting for anyone who places their faith in him to join him there. Jesus can relate to us on every level. Fully God, fully human. That's why he came as a baby. First reason why he came is to teach us how to relate. Here's the second one. To teach us how to remain. A huge part of the message of Jesus is to remain, to hold on, to hold out, to persevere, to be patient, to wait, to remain in him. I remember when I was a kid, felt like Christmas would never come. What my parents used to do is they used to wrap their gifts, wrap our gifts, and put them under the Christmas tree weeks before Christmas Day. This is torture for a little kid. And so when they were in the other room, I'd sneak under the tree, and I'd army crawl my way under, and I'd find the, 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 the box with my name on it, and I'd slide it out. You know, and there's a couple of tests you can do to try to figure out what's inside the box. There's the shake test. You know that one. See if anything's moving around in there. There's the weight test, okay? If it's heavy, it's probably a toy. If it's light, it's something boring like clothing. You know, for me, I even tried to, to peel back the masking tape without ripping the gift wrap just so I could kind of get a little peek inside the box. And then if I heard footsteps coming, it was like, abort mission! You know, get out of here, run back upstairs. And then when Christmas Eve finally arrived, I have to go to church. Oh, like church is now the last thing standing between me and my presence. And parents, listen, I, I know that kids don't have the same attention span as adults, but, and so I want to make sure that you understand I'm accommodating that tonight, and I've been able to edit my message down to two and a half hours, so just get comfortable. And I'm just fine. But I remember by Christmas Eve, I would toss and turn in my sleep. I couldn't fall asleep. I'm like, why can't I sleep? When will Christmas finally get here? And I just wonder if that's how... Many people felt about God. The Messiah has arrived. Yes, finally, we've been waiting for him. Wait, it's a baby? We waited hundreds of years for Messiah to finally come, and now we gotta wait for him to grow up? You know, how quick can he get going? We need Jesus to hit the ground running. Do you think he'd be up to the task by like age 15? Man, how am I gonna wait? 15 more years. Actually, it was longer than that. Luke 3.23. Now Jesus himself was about 
30 years old when he began his ministry. In fact, we have almost nothing about Jesus before age 30. Obviously, we have his birth. That's what we're celebrating here on Christmas Eve. We have a little bit about his early days, like getting dedicated at the temple and immigrating to Egypt. And then one story, when he was 12 years old and went missing from his parents, and they found him in a temple, mixing it up with the best religious scholars. Aside from that, we have nothing until he's 30. And what this tells me is that by coming as a baby, God was reminding us he doesn't do things on our timetable. We have to wait for God's plan to unfold. And the people at that time finally got the Messiah and then had to wait another 30 years before they would start to see Jesus do ministry. And I wonder how many of us wrestle with the same thing when when you pray to God, like, God, when are you going to give me what I want when I want it? And I think one of the reasons why Jesus came as a baby is to remind us that the most important things in life you have to wait for. And the fact is, Messiah is someone who's going to conquer all of our enemies and reign on the throne forever. And that part hasn't happened yet, meaning Jesus still has unfinished business. Jesus promised he's coming again. And the second coming of Jesus is not going to be like the first coming of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus is not going to be a baby sleeping in a manger, but a warrior riding on a horse. And he's going to call all of those who have placed their faith in him to to be a part of his kingdom. When's that going to happen? I don't know. We're still waiting. And I think that when he came as a baby, it was a reminder, remain in him. Hold on. Be patient. He doesn't do things when we think he should. Why did Jesus come as a baby? To teach us how to relate. Number two, to teach us how to remain. Here's the third, to teach us how to receive. Let's go back to Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is what? Given. Jesus was given to the world as a gift We didn't ask for it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't work for it. God simply gifted it to us. It's the greatest gift the world has ever known. You know, I've had the opportunity to travel all over the world. And when you go to different countries in the world, you get to see the different religious views on display. This is particularly true about the eastern part of the world. And I remember years ago, I was in India and littered all over the landscape are statues and idols and altars of Hindu gods. Some of them are big and ornate and finely sculpted works of art. Others are simple and basic, constructed with everyday objects, but they're all over the place. And what people will often do is they will come and bring a gift in front of the statue. And one of the most common gifts that they bring is food. In fact, I I just learned that there's some some temples here in Southern California that actually employ full-time chefs to cook a meal to bring this food as a gift and lay it before the statue. 
And this has been going on in one form or another for 5,000 years. But can I tell you something that's never happened? In 5,000 years, these statues have never reached out and received the gift. In 5,000 years, the statues have never eaten the food in front of them. And this is a representation of every major religion in the world. The idea is that you have to bring a gift to God in order to get him to respond to you. You bring something to him. And this is where Christianity is so different. In any other religion, it's all about what you bring to God. In Christianity, it's about what he brought to us. In every other religion, it's about going up to God. In Christianity, God came down to us. In every other religion, it's all about working for this God. In Christianity, God did all the work for us. He gifted us this child who would grow up, live a sinless life, and be the perfect sacrifice for our sins on the cross. So when we place our faith in him, he gives again. We give him our sin and our death, and in exchange, he gives us life and forgiveness. He is a giving God. Our job is to receive, is to open our hands by faith and receive the greatest gift the world has ever known. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Can you imagine that under your Christmas tree is this massive gift and it's got your name on it, but you never open it. And day after day, you walk right past it and days turn into weeks and weeks turn into years and for whatever reason, you never just receive the gift. You just keep walking by it. And I just wonder how many people feel the same way about Jesus. It's like he's saying, here is a gift. It's free. It's the gift of forgiveness. It's the gift of purpose. It's the gift of life. It's the gift of eternity. It's free. It's been paid for. Why don't you just receive it? So many of us, we just keep walking or we got too many things in our hands that we can't receive it. And I just wonder if tonight is going to be the night that you're finally going to receive the greatest gift the world has ever known. I wonder if tonight's the night you're going to receive the gift of salvation that can only be offered through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received Christ into your life? I'm not talking about believing that there is a God. I'm not talking about believing that Jesus was a historical figure. I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm talking about praying intentionally to Jesus, saying, I can't save myself. I can't forgive my own sins, but I believe that you can, Jesus. I believe you died in my place, and today I choose to follow you. If you've never intentionally prayed a prayer like that, why not do it tonight? Christmas Eve.
And then from this night on, every single year you celebrate Christmas and you open gifts, you can be reminded of the night that you finally received the greatest gift the world has ever known. Wouldn't that be amazing? So this is what I want to ask you to do. I want to give you some instructions here in a minute. I want you to grab these candles that you received on your way in. If you guys can close the doors back there, that'd be helpful. Parents of young kids, we're going to need your help because this has some instruction. There's a little switch underneath. Let's keep those turned off for now. Let's turn those off. And this is what I want us to do. I want us to just quiet our hearts for a moment, and I want us to just bring the lights completely down right now. As these lights fade, I want you to know that this is what, this is a representation of life without Christ. It's dark. You might stumble around. It may even be a little scary. It's hard to know where to go. This represents life without Jesus. But Jesus himself said that he is the light that brings life to all people. And if you've never intentionally prayed to receive Jesus into your life, this is what I want to do. In just a moment, I'm going to give you a prayer that you could repeat after me. I'll give you the words, but you have to believe them for yourself. You have to pray them for yourself in the silence of your own heart. And I believe in faith that God will hear you in heaven and he will forgive you and give you his power to make it through every day and secure your future in heaven. And so if you are ready to pray and receive Jesus, I want to just invite you to close your eyes bow your heads and you just posture your heart right towards heaven and in the silence of your own heart repeat these words after me Jesus I invite you into my life you pray those words straight up to heaven Jesus I invite you into my life I can't save myself Today, I place my faith in you. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. I ask that you forgive me. Today, I choose to follow you. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So in the darkness right now, this is what I want to challenge you. If you are someone who tonight was the night that you prayed to receive Jesus into your life for the very first time, I want you to symbolize the light coming into your life by turning on your candle right now in this moment. Maybe you're somebody who this was the year, 2022, this was the year 
that you either gave your life to Christ or you started living seriously for him. If that's the case, I want you to turn your light on right now too. For everyone else, if you have given your life to Jesus, I want you to join in and turn on your light as well. This is what Christ does in us. He turns on the lights. And he came to this world as a baby so that we wouldn't have to live in darkness, but that we could experience his light and his life. Let me pray right now for us. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for not leaving us alone in the darkness, but stepping into humanity, even as a baby, so that you could live a perfect life to save our souls. Jesus, thank you for your light. Thank you for your life. We worship you today. We love you in Jesus' name. Let all God's people say amen. together.
grateful for the birth of our Savior. Can you just give God a hand of praise? Amen, amen. Merry Christmas, Sunrise family. We're going to celebrate one more time together by giving God praise for the joy of the world is our Savior. Amen.
we worship and adore you for who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God one more hand clap. Amen. What an amazing service. Again, before we dismiss, remember if you want to come to Sunday or Christmas service tomorrow, it's at 10 o'clock in the morning, okay? 10 o'clock, we'll be in the auditorium. Don't forget, January 1st, we'll be back at 9 or 11, okay? And those who receive Christ, don't leave here without talking to someone, okay? If you turn that light on like Pastor Steve asked you to, and you either say yes to Jesus or rededicate your life to him, I want you to go outside to the next step table so that we can help you in this next adventure of your life. And I'm also not naive. Someone's Christmas is different this year. Someone is not at the table this year. Someone lost a loved one. Someone is going battling something. Okay, we don't want you to leave here and you don't fill our heart. So we would love to pray for you. So after service, if you have a burning desire on your heart and you want to be prayed for, we'll be right here to pray for you. Again, we want you to have a Merry Christmas. Let me pray for us and we'll be on our way. Father God, we just thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, just for us. Emmanuel, God with us. And because of him, we can have the hope, the help, in this life now, but also in the life to come. Bless my brothers and my sisters as we go our ways. May they enjoy this day and tomorrow with family and friends. We thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. We all say amen and amen. Have a Merry Christmas. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I want to encourage you to not just stop here. Maybe you sense God is speaking to you today and wanting you to take that next step. So here's two ways you can do just that. The first is text the word next to the number 909-281-7797. That's 909-281-7797. You'll receive a message back with some ways to help you grow. That may mean joining a small group or finding a place to serve or just talking with someone one-to-one about your faith. You can also visit the notes for this podcast and follow the links provided. And if you're within driving distance of one of our four physical locations in Banning, Ontario, Rialto, or Victorville, we'd love for you to stop by sometime and give us a chance to meet you personally. Again, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope to see you soon. God bless.